When I Open podcast may feature language, mature themes, and violence. This is your trigger warning. Hello, you are listening to When I Open, a true crime podcast where I talk about crimes ranging from urban legends to serial killers and how they are portrayed in the media. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Tate's Guide to the Perfect Crime. Hello, and welcome to When I Open. I am your host, Tate, and today I have a very, very important topic that I would like to share with you all about. So, I know that I've been saying over the past couple episodes that I have a really big case coming up, and this is it. So, this episode is very special to me because this was one of the first cases that I ever heard um, about true crime, I think, in the podcast world. And this this case should be more well-known than it is right now. And I have a ton of sources, and I'm really hoping that I do this case justice, because as I said before, this is a very, very special case to me, mostly because I sort of... The, the timing of this case is, is important to my life right now. We will be talking about someone who, who is in their junior year of high school. Um, and I, in my junior year of high school, feel sort of connected in this way. So, without further ado, today we will be talking about the case of Alyssa Turney. And by extension, I will also be talking about, um, obviously, what this case is about for those not, not who don't know what this case is. And I'll also be talking about um, Alyssa's sister, Sarah, who is a big, um, who is a huge advocate for, um, for people who have had similar experience to, as to hers about their family members going through um, really bad things like this. And she's a really huge victim advocate. And honestly, I don't want to say she's one of my role models because, I don't know, she's very, very influential in the true crime community. And she has done so much work to try to get justice for Justice for Alyssa, so I will also be talking about um, her podcast, Voices for Justice, but that will be later, and I'll also be talking about how the case has been influenced by TikTok, and yeah, so now we're going to be getting into the case background. This all started on May 17th, 2001, which was the last day of school for Alyssa, who was a junior in high school. Also, can the school system switch back to having school, like, last day of school end on um, May 17th? Because that would be way better than the beginning of June. But I digress. So, the time Alyssa was living in Phoenix, Arizona with her stepmother, or with her stepfather and her siblings. And that was also the last day, reportedly the last day that her family saw her. And at the time, the police reportedly classified Alyssa as a runaway. But, 
Over the years, um, there have been some suspicions against Alyssa's stepfather, Michael, mostly by Sarah. So, Michael actually says that he picked up his stepdaughter from her elementary, elementary school, sorry, from her high school for lunch. He actually told, um, he later told 2020 on investigative investigation discovery that they argued because she wanted more freedom and was definitely upset when he last saw her and um this is a quote that actually mr mr attorney said i told her as long as you're under my roof you're going to have to check in with daddy because daddy is a nervous wreck if you don't uh so he, he in the interview he actually said that the last time that he saw her was that he left her alone and she was walking down the hallway mad. So then uh, later Sarah Sarah said that on the same day that Alyssa disappeared that uh, Sarah had taken a class field trip to a water park. And Sarah said, um, I don't remember anything unusual about his behavior, but he was late. So I'd walk to a friend's house nearby Phoned him from there and told him where that's where I was. So, when Michael came to get Sarah, to get Sarah, Sarah told the um told twenty twenty that her father told her that her step that her stepsister was not answering her phone. And once Michael asked Sarah to call her to call Alyssa, she said that she did, but there was abs- that there was no response. And so, then, um, when Michael and Sarah reported, went, went home, they actually found Alyssa's phone, and apparently a note that Alyssa had, um, that, that, that said, Sarah, you wanted me gone, and now you have it. Now, from my memory, I do not remember if this, um, if this, um, if this note was like credible, I honestly do not remember. I'm sorry, but um, the note also reportedly explained that Alyssa had left for California. So then Michael went to the police to report um, Alyssa missing, but the police uh, actually just reported her like, oh, she's most likely a runaway. So Michael said that he was frustrated um, about th- at the police department because he thought that he did that that they were doing nothing, so he began posting flyers around the town and doing his own detective work. So, um, according to to Michael, he received a phone call a week after Alyssa disappeared, saying that the voice was like messed up and it basically mostly said like something that sounded like leave me alone so um sarah had actually um after so after all this as this was all happening sarah was actually posting staying on her justice for Alyssa blog and on the missing Alyssa podcast um that she believes her father may have been responsible for her stepsister's death and uh, she described him as obsessive when it came to monitoring, monitoring Alyssa. So, um, 
so then, um, Michael, so, the family relationship is also a little bit, um, confusing, because they were, like, a step, they were a step family, and sometimes those families can get a little bit, um, they, they, um, they can get a little bit, like, a little confusing, no, obviously no hate to their families, but this one, specifically as someone who's not in a step family, but, so, um, Michael reportedly married Alyssa's mother in 1987 when Alyssa was three, um, so, then, they actually, so then the two had Sarah, who was their only child, together, and they would typically call their family the Brady Bunch, and did not use the term step to refer to each other. Then, unfortunately, um, Sarah's mother, um, or Alyssa's stepmother, died of cancer in 1993, and after that, Sarah says that her father became more, much more strict with his stepdaughter. Also, all of this is coming from a news article that will be in my sources. All my sources are cited. Um, to quote what Sarah wrote on Justice for Alyssa, the relationship with her father had had with Alyssa is commonly described for, f- by those who kn- knew her as one closer to an ab- abusive boyfriend rather than a fatherly figure, which is not a good sign. To continue the quote, he was extremely possessive and also often sitting in the parking lot of Alyssa's part-time job to ensure she was where she was supposed to be. He constantly worried her friends and their parents about how gullible she was and unable to take care of herself. Take care of herself. Um, he also required Alyssa to sign behavioral contracts that included in calls stating he never sexually or physically abused her. Which is just... just it's just so ridiculous that he felt the need to do that that is I definitely agree with the article that that is extremely possessive and so um Alyssa I mean sorry Sarah had also posted recordings of her father on YouTube um which also reportedly um shows him watching his stepdaughter at work in 2000 so now we're gonna kind of get into more um into more of the suspects, which was, um, so in 2006, a self-proclaimed serial killer named Thomas Albert Heimer, who was serving a life sentence in Florida, um, for killing a 30-year-old video store employee, allegedly confessed to killing Alyssa. He told police that he met her at a hotel and strangled, strangled her after sexually assaulting her. Um, he also said that he, he also claimed that he dismembered her body and dumped her her remains at a recycling center. So then, you know, obviously the detectives interviewed him, but um, determined that his his version of the events did not sound pl- plausible, and he also allegedly failed a polygraph explanation. He was ruled out a suspect, but renewed activity in the case, um, but the renewed activity in the case reportedly resulted in the authorities beginning to take another look at the case and the relationship between Alyssa and her stepfather. I also like to say, as someone who's looked into this case a lot, this was, um, I'm, like, taking a lot, a lot of time to relook at this case. I re-listen to most every podcast that has ever covered this case. Um, 
and I think as I've, I think I've heard another podcast say this, that, um, obviously Heimer was, um, was serving a life sentence in prison, most likely never to get out, so maybe he thought that he just should just admit it, like, like, there's no, it's not gonna affect him, like, his case at all if he's already having a death sentence, it's just kind of, like, why not admit to this one, too, if I'm already in there? So, um, so investigators, um, talked to Alyssa's friends who allegedly told them that Alyssa had claimed her stepfather tried to sexually assault her. Um, and Alyssa also allegedly accused him of saying demeaning things to her, and according to allegations made by one friend whose name is not quoted in the article, so I'm not sure this is true, um, tried to gag her with the sock. Um, so, they also found, um, extensive surveillance system at the attorney house, monitoring, um, places, like, inside and outside, um, and he, and Michael actually said this was to, um, equip the house for safety reasons and not to surveil his children, um, and so, when the detectives asked him about the surveillance recording for the day his stepdaughter disappeared, he said that he already reviewed it and found nothing, and the police alleged he never turned the recording over to them, over to them. But, yet again, they, like, they should still, like, you know, they should say, like, oh yeah, we, they, they should have had him carry, like, give them the recording, because that could be, you know, pot, that, it could be considered evidence, like, I don't know why they didn't be like, oh, well, then why can't we take a look at it? They could have gotten a warrant, but, um, carrying on with the case, because this is where, um, it takes kind of a strange turn, um, in December 2008, so, So then, um, uh, the investigators actually, um, searched, raided and searched Michael's home, and they got, um, another shock. So inside the home, they found, um, among, among things, 26 pipe bombs. Yes, you heard me right. 26 pipe bombs. Um, a high caliber assault right high caliber assault rifles and a document entitled Diary of a Madman Martyr. So um so investigators alleged Michael had planned to blow up the local Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Union Hall, um in in which they reportedly classified as, as a bizarre revenge scheme against the organization. And he actually, Michael thought that, that that the group was responsible for Alyssa's disappearance. He also wrote in his manifesto that he killed two, quote, assassins. Um, he, he received 10 years in federal prison. Um, and despite these charges, he has already ma- he's always maintained his innocence in his stepdaughter's disappearance. He also reported, repeatedly denied that he ever sexually assaulted his daughter. 
so, and so then, um, in 2009, he reportedly denied being uncooperative during the police investigation and allegedly said that he had not planned to blow up the Union Hall. Um, this is one of his quotes. Police were calling me every day, asking me questions every single day, and he explained that he had no weapons at his home because he planned to take a shotgun. Or he actually said that he had weapons in his home because he planned to, quote, take a shotgun and blow my head off. Uh, he also said you can't kill anybody with a pipe bomb unless you stick it down their throats. Um, he then somehow reportedly earned his release from prison in August 2017. Um, so then in 2010, Phoenix police detective um, reportedly told someone or the, a news outlet that um, that he claimed he believed that Michael is guilty. Um, uh, he, to quote the detective, Alyssa was under this guy's thumb since she was three, and for him to sit back and show her no regard is despicable. He needs to explain a lot of things. The detective also pointed out that Alyssa left behind her cell phone, a necklace her boyfriend gave her, um, and $18,000 in a bank account in which, or sorry, $1,800 in a bank account in which he believed is no indecisive indicative of a teen who is planning to run away. And yeah, that is basically, uh, that is part of the background and I'm going to be talking about the, um, there's also some more updates too. Um, there's also more updates to, um, to Alyssa's, to Alyssa's case. So now we're going to kind of touch base on the more recent parts. Um, so then in 2019, um, Alyssa's little sister, Sarah, she has never, ever given up for justice in her sister's case. She started her own podcast, Voices for Justice, and I will be talking about Voices for Justice a little later. Um, and the podcast takes an intimate look at Sarah and Alyssa's family history and events leading up to Alyssa's disappearance and the timeline of what has happened in the years since. And, um, yes, I have listened to the entirety of this and even some of the other episodes of Voices for Justice, but as I said, it is going to be coming up a little later as I go further into it. And also be going into a little more of TikTok, but I'm also following an article right now. So then in May of 2020, Sarah began making videos on the popular popular video app TikTok that focused on the case. Um, and I'm going to just quote what Alyssa said in Dateline, to Dateline. Believe it or not, it has become an important outlet for Alyssa's story. I've received more interest in this case from that app in the past month than in the last 10 years. This is not going to going away, and I'm going to make sure it never does. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I still think of her as my tough older sister who taught me to be tough. Now I need to continue to be tough and use that to fight for justice she deserves. She deserves her day in court, and I'm determined to get her that. <laughs> I'm sorry, this story is a little bit, um, emotional to me. <clears throat> and then, finally, 
on May 20th, 2020, following her father's arrest. Um, Sarah took to social media to announce the news to those who have been following her sister's case, a.k.a. me. Quote, I am shaking and crying, as she posted to Twitter. This is just a quote for the Twitter. We did it, you guys. He's been arrested. OMG, thank you. Hashtag justice for Alyssa. Never give up the hope that you can get to justice. It's almost 20 years, but we did it. Um, so at a press conference on, I think as the time that this article was being read on Thursday, um, the county attorney gave credit to Alyssa for helping solve Alyssa's, credit to Sarah for help solving Alyssa's case and for never giving up on it. Um, calling Sarah's just search for justice, I quote, testament to a love of a sister. Because of that love, Sarah's light, Alyssa's light has never gone out. So, yes, as of right now, um, Michael Turney has finally been charged with with a with a murder disappearance. I didn't look into the court documents. I'm sorry. Um, of Alyssa's disappearance. And yes, TikTok has actually um. TikTok has actually helped to this case a lot. So, again, thank you so much, um, TikTok. And, yeah, I have been, um, as I said, I've been following this case for a very, very, very long time. Um, and if you heard me start to tear up a little bit, it's because I'm just so happy. I remember I was, um, I was sitting in my room. I think I might have been, um... I think I was listening to an episode of, um, of, and that's why we drink. And, um, and a friend of mine texted me saying, do you remember Alyssa Turney? And I said, of course. And she said, um, her stepfather has just been charged. And I remember, um, I remember going on the, um, on my, on my phone, Googling immediately and just being so happy. I think I actually cried like, so much it is I was just so happy that they were able to that she was able to get justice for um justice for Alyssa and of course this has been a very um very heavily emotional time um time for for Sarah and I just like to say a huge thank you to her and another congratulations for getting justice for her sister I actually did reach out to Sarah to see if she would be open to talking about it but due to the um due to the new to the new updates on the case um she she politely declined my um my 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 ask my email, but, um, again, Sarah, you've done such an amazing job, and I know that somewhere, um, Alyssa is very happy and very proud of you for doing this, um, so, yeah, that is the case background, um, I'm now going to go more into in-depth of, um, of Sarah's impact and the podcast, and even more in-depth on, um, TikTok's role, so, 
sorry I kind of started to cry back then, back there, but um, this is a very important case to me, and I can get a little bit emotional when talking about cases that are very, very um, close to me. So, I'm now going to be talking about Sarah's impact, which is basically just me talking about how um, <laughs> how impressed I am that she has stayed so strong in the limelight for this. So, ever since Alyssa's disappearance, um, Sarah has been extremely productive in, um, in starting her Voices for Justice podcast for trying to get Alyssa's story out everywhere so then they can see, so that people can be aware that this is happening and that her sister deserves justice. And this is honestly so brave for Sarah to be doing and extremely inspiring for um for other families who have who have lost a loved one to a crime that seemingly went basically untouched for for like I guess it has been like it has been about it has been 20 years since and the fact that we are getting justice now is amazing but at the same time it shouldn't it it took 20 years for us to finally get justice for this and do we still have all the answers unfortunately no but because of sarah um she finally has justice or at least the start of justice for what happened to her sister 20 years ago and sarah i honestly don't know if you are going to listen to this, I, I truly hope that you do, and my listeners, I really hope that you boost this episode, because Alyssa's story should still live out there as something that did happen, something that did not need to happen. This this should not have happened. We should not be here talking about how great Alyssa was. We should be talking about how great you know, Sarah's, like, Sarah being such a brave person, and, I mean, of course, her life hasn't been perfect, but she has taken her sister's case and has has used every single form of social media, her podcast, um, websites, and, like, social media like facebook twitter instagram tiktok and she's gotten other true crime creators like me um who who honestly who care a lot about this and really really just want to spread awareness for what happened and as i said before sarah is like one of those people who will not rest until she gets justice until she gets answers and here we are sitting 20 years later and the perpetrator he he's been arrested he has been thoroughly charged he has been charged with with this crime and just sarah i don't know how else to state this but um hats off to you you've done such an amazing job standing up for 
what's right for the fact that you know obviously you know her her pod, her podcast um like you know her hashtag justice for Alyssa has gone completely viral on TikTok and um next I'm going to be talking about her um Sarah's podcast just voices for justice which touch on some cases that I personally didn't even know about so Sarah's podcast voices for justice is personally one of my favorite true crime podcasts that I've listened to this entire year so the first part of her podcast is actually is just about um is actually just about how um how like Alyssa's case and like real in-depth explanations as to what happened happened um she talks about like um you know um she she talks about you know like the the story of a madman of a madman martyr she talks about how her how um how Michael was arrested and the trial during it and also how um and she even has Alyssa's biological father as I, as it's been stated before um Michael is not Alyssa's biological father he is her stepfather and they also talk and she also talks about um like confronting my father confronting her father about the case and also talks about um media attention and call to action um and the justice and the future and um last part of this is um an episode called remembering Alyssa which um made me like absolutely sob my eyes out um it it was just really um it was it was really heartwarming to hear um they talk Alyssa or Sarah talks to um Alyssa's friends um as they honor her memory and um I also just like to say that um Sarah also talks about um disappearances or crimes that have been um untouched and um I will be putting a link to the um to the Voices for Justice website where you can find the, these cases so we can also uplift other these other cases that I might actually, um, I'm going to be covering some of these cases later on, but, um, Sarah also is really passionate about uplifting other cases that may not be heard, like, regularly by regular, um, true crime podcasters, which is also something that I firmly believe in. Like, I don't just look on someone else's podcast and be like, oh, they cover this, I should cover this. Like, I, like, seriously look in, I look into, like, the history, no matter how old, no matter how recent, I like to talk about it. For example, kind of like this case, although this was basically on my, um, this is, I have, like, an original list on my phone of, like, cases that I wanted to cover, and this was like, number three, maybe, so, um, other than Alyssa, um, Sarah also talks about, um, Angela Green, and, um, a lot of the, I'm actually, I am going to read some of what this, um, what these, um, what these cases are about, Angela Green, she was 51 years old at the time of her disappearance, she is an Asian female, she is 5'9", weighs approximately 116 pounds, and has brown hair and brown eyes. Um, 
I have not read about this case, but as I said before, um, uh, I am going to, I'm going to link the podcast, um, website where people can read more about this case because it is a very important case. It has three parts and it's sort of complicated for me to get into it. So, um, we also, or, um, Sarah also talks about, um, Deleuze Alves, who is a, um, case, which is a case of a five-year-old boy who met, who went missing in, um, in New Jersey in 2019. Um, uh, Alicia Navarro, um, who snuck out of her, a 14-year-old who snuck out of her house, um, and, um, on September 15, 2019, and she left a note for her mother saying, I ran away, I will be back, I swear I'm sorry, Alicia. And, um, it has been over a year since Alicia left this note, and her mother is convinced that she has been led away by a predator she met online. And, um, now, the next couple cases I've actually heard about, um, including Missy Beavers, um, who... Um, there's actually, like, a surveillance video, um, of someone who they believed caused, um, Missy's death that rocked a small town in Texas in 2016. Um, so, Sarah also talks about, um, Jacob Landon, who is, um, who was a case of a nine-month-old boy who tragically lost his life after being in care of his of his mother's boyfriend for just one hour in um in nineteen um eighty seven. So Jacob's brother actually has a podcast called True Consequences. I have um in all honesty I have not listened to True Consequences yet, but I have heard like really good reviews on it. So I definitely will be listening to it later on. Um, she also, um, she also talks about Elizabeth Smart, who has recently been in the media, um, and has, I will be covering, um, Elizabeth's case, um, later on. Um, she also talks about, um, uh, Judy LeCreo, um, and who who is a woman who was shot in her back and killed in a Maryland parking lot and um it's actually been 25 years since um Judy or um Judy's or Jody's murder and still is unsolved and um her twin sister has made it her life mission to find answers to what happened to Jody um so um, there's also a case in, um, by another, another woman, um, Jessica Easterly in, um, August, on August 12th, 19, or 2019, she called her best friend in a panic and she said that there are bad things, that there, the things were bad at home and she needed to get out. Um, but before Maria could get to her, she was already gone and 10 days later her remains were found. Um... And there's, um, there's also a, there's also, um, 
a uh, 13-year-old, um, Brandy Myers, who was raising money for a school in, um, in 1992 when she went missing. And in 2015, the police department told her sister that they believed she had been killed by a suspected serial killer, Brian Patrick Miller. But um, after five years later, Brandy is still waiting for justice. So, obviously, there are a lot of cases, but again, there are still so many um, cases like like Alyssa's that deserve to be heard, and that is really why Sarah has been continuing this podcast to uplift other people's stories, including 15-year-old Cassie Campton, who went missing on September 14, 2014, after leaving her home in Arkansas, um, and um, also the... Um, the perplexing um, death of 27-year-old Holly um, Ellsworth-Clark, who went um, missing in January of 2020 after telling her friends and family she had feared for her life and begged for her parents to come get her and, fly- coming and to fly her home. They planned on retrieving Holly the next day, but before they could get to her, she was already gone, and by September, her remains were found. Her family is also still... Um, is still looking for justice for her. And um, another case that um, that I've actually listened to a lot of podcasts about this, um, which is the Yogurt Shop Murders, um, which is a case from that is from um, Austin, Texas. Um, that was a um, that was a called at a shop called I can't believe it's yogurt it was set on fire and soon discovered. And soon the detectives discovered the bodies of four teenage girls inside. So, and that is the extent of how many episodes have been out for Voices of Justice so far. Again, um, as someone who's listened to the majority of these cases, um, they are really just um, Sarah advocating for voices that can't be heard or haven't been heard by other people. And honestly, that's what this podcast is. It's an amazing podcast, and if you haven't checked it out, you should. So now I'm going to be talking more about TikTok's role in it, because so I've I'm I've been on TikTok for a while. I recently started my own po- my podcast TikTok on it, but I remember when Sarah's podcast um like came up on came up on my for you page. And I thought, yes, this is exactly the kind of content that I want to see. I want to see people, like, taking, like, I was just, I was happy in a way to see, um, to see Sarah on my free page thinking, oh my goodness, she has TikTok. Yes, because TikTok is a place where things can get done. And I remember looking in the comments of her video and thinking, oh my goodness, so much support. Like, I think there are so many shares and copy like copy links and just so many people genuinely caring about Alyssa and getting justice and there is um there's an article that I'm going to link about how TikTok basically helped in a way to um helped Alyssa or helped Sarah bring justice for Alyssa and yeah it's 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 amazing to see the TikTok community come together and to support Sarah like this. And yeah. 
So I I saved on my recording thing. I saved this last little bit about like latest updates, forgetting that I was going to talk about the latest updates back in the like case background. So um, I believe as of right now, um, they are or um, they are awaiting trial. I believe I'm checking the internet right now. Um, but. Um, Michael has been charged, has been indicted by a grand jury on the murder of his stepdaughter, and, yeah, they're finally gonna get, they're finally, or Sarah is finally going to get justice for her sister, which is absolutely amazing. And I know that this has been a very, this is a very, um, very tough case, a lot about me rambling about how important that despite the fact that we that that the that the that the perpetrator has been caught it is still important to spread the story around because it can it can be impactful in people's lives and if you have been affected personally by a crime just know that there are people out there who who support you who there are people like us in the true crime community who we we don't talk about these things because like oh they ain't because we want to share these stories just to make sure that people know like this has happened before the world isn't always going to be a perfect pretty face pretty place um i i honestly like talking about these cases that have been like unsolved and then you get to and just the the emotions of seeing a case like um other than this case for example elizabeth smart her kidnappers were finally charged and i cannot tell you the amount of joy that I felt, but especially Alyssa's, um, Alyssa's case, I was so happy to see that we were, that we were finally able to get justice for her, and I know somewhere, Sarah is probably, I don't know, maybe she's, maybe she's listening to this podcast, and, um, again, I think that hearing, I know that if it was if it was in my position, I would be happy that people are talking about this case, who are trying to spread awareness. And despite the fact that my podcast is honestly not at its most popular peak right now, that is okay. I still have my listeners who are listening to this right now probably thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't know this case existed. Or, oh, now I know where I can find more information about this case, a.k.a go to the sources in my link, go to the sources, I'm linking the justice, the Voices for Justice website, and it, I don't know, it was just so satisfying to see, like, Grand Jury has indicted him on the charges, I just felt so happy, and as you heard, I was almost brought to tears just talking about this case. Okay, I understand that that was a lot of information, um, I do not think that this case has, has ever been, like, refilmed in a TV show. Personally, as someone who is, like, as this case was being active, I, I am alive. Or, I don't want to say I was alive, but, like, I kind of hope that this case doesn't get picked up by, like, Law & Order SVU, just because, like, I feel like it would be kind of hard for me personally to watch but um there isn't really that many much media representation of this case 
um, the majority of this episode was to just lift up Alyssa's story and to inform people about her story. And thank you so much for listening. Um, go follow Sarah on her social media. I'm sorry, I do not have her Instagram. Um, I don't have her Instagram, like, memorized, but I'm sure you can find it if you look up her name, Sarah Turney. And also, please listen to Voices for Justice. It's a really impactful podcast, and I give it, like, the highest of reviews. So, we have reached the end of our episode, because that's honestly all that I have to say at this point. If there is more information about this case, I will most likely do a part two. So, again, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of When I Open. Um, If you would like to uh, contact me about a case, or if you are a podcast listening to this, and if you would like to do a collaboration, um, you you can email me at the number one. Um, I open podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is one as in the number. I open podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me on um, on Twitter. That is at oneiopen.pod. Instagram at oneiopen.podcast. Um, and on TikTok at oneiopenpod. Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, I got a pretty, I don't want to say it's a pretty cool case, but I got a... Got an interesting case lined up for Scary Tales next week. And, again, thank you so much for listening. Alyssa, if you made it through this entire episode, you have been so strong. And I am very, very proud of you. I know we do not know each other personally. But just know that I am super proud of you and so happy that you were able to get justice for Alyssa, after all of this time, and now I am on the verge of tears again for maybe the third time this episode. Um, but again, to my regular listeners, thank you so much for listening, and remember to sleep with one eye open.